Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Breakpoint Show. Uh, it's still 2024. I think it's February 9th. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, February 9th. I've kind of, it's been a busy week. So uh, looking forward to this weekend. It is a Friday. So TGIF. I don't know if they have TGIF over in Europe. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So it's a Friday. We're going to talk about .NET framework. And if you want to move up to .NET core or just now .NET and ASP.NET core, it's kind of strange the naming of them still. But, uh, if you do want to bring a .NET framework up, how do you do it, or should you do it, and some gotchas. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I I think that there are so many companies and so many people that have old ASP.NET apps, mm-hmm. maybe web forms, now, now I know web forms can be moved up to .NET or ASP.NET Core now, but at one point they couldn't be, and you had to like figure out a way to get your web form app up into. Back then, it was probably ASP.NET Core one or two or something. But I mean, what are you guys experiencing out there when you guys talk to clients and customers? Well. Um... You know, I recently had on JetBrains TV, uh, go like and subscribe there just to kind of get content from JetBrains. But see how I did that cross promotion? Perfect. Uh, But amazing. (laughs) uh, No, but I recently did a live stream with Isaac Levin, who did a talk about uh, migrating from .NET framework to uh, potentially newer versions of .NET. And uh, I started the live stream off with an interesting factoid um, according to the 2023 JetBrains Developer Ecosystem Survey, uh, 45% of .NET devs, even today, uh, the ones surveyed uh, by JetBrains, are still using .NET Framework in some capacity, right? Uh, and if you look down the list, uh, that's still the largest group of .NET devs uh, working today. So. Uh, folks who are on the latest versions of .NET are actually in the minority when it comes to uh, usage of .NET, right? So um, it, it's still a struggle. And, um, you know, with .NET 9 coming up, uh, I see that gap becoming really, really hard for a lot of people to kind of bridge at this point. Um, so... We're seeing it, like you mentioned, with web forms. Uh, that's tough to migrate. Um, we're seeing it with potentially with like uh, WinForms applications and things like that. Like obviously those can be moved to .NET Core, but you know it's a hard business sell to go to your stakeholders and say, "Look, our team needs about a year or maybe even two years of software development to upgrade our production applications." Oh, and by the way, by the end of this two-year cycle, we're going to be exactly where we are right now in regards to features. 
So it, it is a difficult conversation to have from a technical to non-technical uh, perspective. So I definitely feel for a lot of people who are kind of stuck in this situation where they want to upgrade, but it just doesn't make business sense, right? So that's that's what I'm hearing. And that's what I'm kind of seeing from folks in the community. Uh, Martin, what are your thoughts? Uh, so I've also been watching the same uh, the same live stream the day after. So you can actually go to YouTube and look at the recording there. Ha! More cross promotion. Um, I was I was actually shocked that in the chat there were people who were saying they were still on .NET 1.1 even. Uh, I think that mm -hmm. was the lowest the lowest version someone was still on, and that was not .NET Core 1.1, but actual .NET Framework 1.1. Um, now, I do hope that that's uh, that that's not the majority of cases, but it it shines through Stack Overflow, through JetBrains data, and uh, and apparently Isaac's experience as well. That a lot of people are indeed still on full .NET framework, and it's hard to migrate. So, one one thought I had there is that um, a big bang, um, let's upgrade everything in one go, is is probably something that is never going to happen for the reasons that you just mentioned. Um, nobody sees the value of, of just staying in place feature-wise for two years while you finish a migration. But on the other hand, I kind of have this gut feel that it's like a lot of technical depth that you might have in your applications, right? When you um, when you stand still and don't do NuGet updates, for example, for a year, you will be surprised after a year how many packages have broken, have changed, have breaking changes and whatnot. So it's something that you kind of have to do continuously, um, if not only for, for security reasons and so on. So I'm wondering if you do the, the, the groundwork and you get your first migration onto .NET Core going, how hard would it be to sort of gradually migrate everything over until there's nothing left to migrate over? Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. You're kind of building you're doing a modular migration. And I have seen that where, where people will take parts of their application. And it's easier to do, I think, in ASP.NET because you you as long as the, the application looks, has the same styling between the two, you can kind of still have that uh not fool the user but make the user feel like they're they're using the same application there might be maybe some performance or or uh some other uh factors that may feel a little different but we have done that where we've we've tried to take parts and and especially i i think if you if you take a look at your application and find the the parts that are they're having the most issues like there may be parts that are perfectly fine um not being migrated and then there's other ones that maybe need upgraded controls or maybe some some advanced um features where where you were going to have to put some some code in the client in the browser to do some special some special functionality but um yeah we we have done that i mean the other thing is 
either you, you have the two extremes, right? You don't move because if it's not broken, don't fix it. And and that's a that's a valid argument is if there is no reason for you to uh to move up to dot net eight or now looking forward nine, why do it? If no one's complaining, if no one, if you're not having issues in performance or anything like that, why? And then the other extreme is just rebuild it. I mean, if you're going to spend two years, like taking your existing existing functionality up to the same point, why not just take another team and start over? I mean, so those are the two extremes, and then you have everything in between. Uh, Khalid, you had a great a great hot take uh, from when you uh, uh, were doing that webinar with uh, Isaac and. And I didn't want to steal your thunder, but maybe you can explain a simple thing that that some developers can do to to make things pretty pretty nice for their uh, .NET framework experience. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, one of the things it seems obvious now when Isaac said it, but uh, one of the obvious things is that .NET framework is part of the Windows operating system, right? So in some capacity, Microsoft has to support .NET Framework in essentially in perpetuity, at least in our career lifetimes, right? Um, so if you can just get your apps upgraded to .NET Framework 4 point latest, um, then you will at least get support in regards to like security patches and those kind of things, right? Um, so maybe the goal isn't to try to move from .NET Framework to .NET Core. Let's just call it .NET Core because I'm tired of <laughs> I'm tired of making that distinction. Um, like, yeah, maybe the goal shouldn't be so far away. Maybe it should be towards .NET Framework 4.8 or latest. So uh, that was kind of an interesting uh, comment by Isaac, but it makes complete sense for a lot of organizations because ultimately um, .NET Framework still has pretty decent performance. Uh, it doesn't operate at the performance level of say .NET Core in terms of resource utilization or requests per second. Um, but we have to remember again, .NET is used in a lot of like, medium to small enterprisey kind of shops where technology isn't about serving millions of people, but about serving a small group of individuals doing their jobs day to day. And you can take .NET Framework very, very far um, without being on the latest. So I thought that was kind of an interesting take and uh, makes total sense. Uh, I will add though that uh, the chat was really lively during the live stream, and an individual um, had upgraded from .NET 2 to .NET 4.7, but they had mentioned that their experience was so painful. So this was that, .NET Framework 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. .NET Framework 4.7. Okay. E exactly, yeah. 
And that individual had said that their experience was so painful that they will not attempt a 4.7 to 4.8 upgrade, which is interesting to say because like you would think that 4.7 to 4.8 would be like the easy change. So again, like maybe this kind of hints at the bigger problem with these migrations is like, it's not so much technical, but it's like political and emotional will to kind of like trudge through these things. Like I'll ask you folks, uh, you know, uh, Martin's been a consultant. You've worked in big organizations, Chris, like, have you, have you ever dealt with users of your system that are just so burnt out and tired and like they just they know maybe the current situation isn't ideal but the prospect of going through a painful upgrade and changes to something is the fear of the unknown too much for those users and how do you how do you quell that how do you help those people maybe get on board with a potential upgrade well, I, I think the, the, the easy answer there, and that, that's an answer that uh, has a lot of baggage, but the easy answer is make it better. So uh, the, the moment you introduce change, unless it is uh, the status quo or it gets worse, it will never be accepted. But if it's actually better in terms of usability or performance or whatever, people are going to be just fine with that. So maybe... Um, that that's .NET 2.0 to 4.7 upgrade will have been painful. Absolutely, I can imagine. Um, I actually worked recently with a customer who was on 4.8 and assembly binding redirects and all of that stuff. Um, that is just no longer there in the new .NET Core worlds. And that is better. And um, if you as a development team are interested in removing that pain, then I think you're actually making development better by starting that migration and, and losing some of that pain that you will probably be running into every single time you want to update a new kit package or make a change or add a new assembly reference in your yeah. projects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I have like a story. It would I could talk for 10 minutes on this, uh, but I won't. So I basically started the pro well i'll tell you the synopsis so i did a government contract to take a 19 like basically this application was built like in the early 80s um like in a console it was a console app that uh and we all remember old vb like vb one and two that that ran in the console that looked like tried to look like an application, what we think of as the application now. And this, this, these government employees, they're all within 10 years of retirement and they didn't want a new application. I came in and tried to build them a new application. I don't it, like, nothing was going to really uh make them happy but uh so that that is one thing that you need to to make sure that you need to survey your users and say hey like if we upgrade do you even want i mean is there anything that's impacting you or your job to 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 make this upgrade or this kind of 
to make it worthwhile because it is going to be a disruption to to your users. And I think we we think so much about technology that we forget about the 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 uh, the human side of of our applications. And that's why I go back to if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like just because you can upgrade, yeah, if you can just upgrade and get performance uh, improvements, that's awesome. But if it's going to cause impact to your to your users, you have to think about that. The other thing is none of us think about, we're all geeks, is money. It costs the it costs capital for for like a company. It's a capital expenditure to to do all these upgrades. So, I mean, that's the other thing is a company has a budget and put money aside for, for moving up. And like what we were saying in the beginning, if how can I go to like a CTO or a CEO or owner of a company and go, yeah, we're going to do this big upgrade. It's going to be awesome. But in the end, it's going to look the same and it it's going to behave the same. It might be a little more performant. It might improve performance-wise, but you're getting the same exact product. They're going to go, and how much is it going to be? And you tell them, and they're going to go, no. And I think that's probably 85% of all migration discussions come down to that. I bet you, like, people tell tell the owner the or the person that writes the check, like, it's going to cost X and take Y amount of time. And that person just says, no, it's not broken. We're not going to, we're not going to do anything about it. So not trying to be a, a, like negative Nelly. No, I don't, I don't think you are. I think it's realistic. Like, you know, in the tech world, we're very much like hyped up, like, all right, latest, greatest, going to get 10 billion trillion requests per second when I upgrade to version X or whatever. And re- again, the reality is, yeah, there's a human element to it. And you got to like come back to earth. You got to come back to reality sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's not, it's not and, fun and- to hear it, but it's real. It's like a reality check. So go ahead, Martin. Sorry about that. I was going to comment that uh, at some points, though, the Windows Server 2000 that is running underneath someone's desk hosting yes. your current web forms application is going to topple over and may not be serviceable anymore. And that means at that point, you kind of have to migrate, right? Yeah. yeah. But then I was, yeah, I, I was going to make a point out of that as uh, that should be a good reason to migrate and actually start thinking about migrating. But maybe um, hearing Chris's story about the human side of things, maybe it's better for that machine to fall over at some point and just redo all of the work whenever it happens, because then people have a reason to believe in why you are actually doing the upgrade because the old stuff is just no longer there. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that, Martin. That's uh, okay. So I I have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, but that, that causes more of a disruption. If you're, I mean, I would much rather have a plan like, Hey, why don't we take the software that's sitting on this, 10-year-old, 15-year-old box that is sitting in the closet 
and put it up in the cloud and just put the software on a on a Docker container and push it up into Azure or AWS. And it's the same software. We're just putting it on a different quote unquote server or just buy a new server. I mean, hardware is so cheap now, nowadays. Um, I mean, to go back to Martin's point though, specifically and, and to what you're saying, Chris, it's like they're, no pun intended, but there are tectonic plates underneath us all that's that are constantly shifting. So it's like to think that nothing is changing, air quotes, is kind of naive, right? Like everything is changing all the time. And it's like, have, have you ever taken a vacation, like a two-week vacation, come back to your laptop, open it up and realize like you have... 3000 updates ready to install. It's like, that's the world we live in. Like yeah. everything is moving all the time. Uh, also uh, we need to call the cops on Martin because I'm worried. Martin, put the gas can down, put the matches away. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, you just, you just told people to let bad things happen. We got to yeah. we got to let your server die and then <laughs> you can justify you can then go to the owner and go look I, we need to upgrade. Yeah, your your app's going to be down for 3 weeks but yeah, right. we're but no, we're, the, the, the point we, we the point to, I really we wanted we need an intervention. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Now the the point I really wanted to make is that at some point that is going to happen. So not planning on any contingencies, whether that is like you say, lift and shift to the cloud or looking to migrating and so on, is just not an option at this point. I yeah. Think. Well, I, I, go ahead, it comes down to it depends. I mean, I think God, you you could you basically could could say that for every episode that that we've probably. <laughs> Recorded. We should rebrand our our podcast. The independent it depends podcast. Yeah, it depends show. Yeah. yeah, but it does. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and have just do new development. I mean, just start fresh. Because because remember, you you've built up all these new ideas, and I'm sure there's tons of ideas from business people, the end users, the developers, everything, even the, even the, uh, 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 administrators talking about like, Hey, we could put this up in the cloud and use some, some cloud architecture patterns to, to like break up this application. Maybe it was a monolithic application before we're going to look at breaking it up and do, I I don't really like saying microservices, but making it more modular so that that if this happens again, we can just kind of upgrade different pieces of the uh, of the system or architecture or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. So so there is a case that says, you know what? Like it's a like a car. I mean, you drive a car for 10, 12 years, and unless it, it's going to be a classic, you get a new car. I mean, I, I'm sorry, we 
the world is a little more disposable now than it used to be. I mean, like as an example, my mom had a washer and dryer, laundry washer and dryer. It lasted for 30 years. I think it was still working when she passed away. And like since then, here in my house, we've gone through like three washers and three dryers. And to fix them costs more than just buying a new one. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you need to bring that new innovation into, into your workplace and, and get something new. And I mean, and we could talk about like building applications that match other existing applications, uh, UI and, and user experience and stuff like that to help users and stuff. But I'm rambling. Go on. Go ahead, Martin. You, you, you're itching. You, you, you were, you were about to say something. I saw it. I mean, you know, it, it does always, it depends, right? Like there, I, I think the first step to any upgrade is, you know, a lot of companies are built on skill silos, the dev department, the business department, the executive suite. Like, I, I think a lot of development teams would benefit if they want to upgrade to like, try to bring more people into the upgrade process and have a non-technical side to the plan, right? So before starting thinking about all the technical pieces, think about the human impact and the human benefits to this upgrade. Like what is, like a, a good example is .NET, the latest versions of .NET are less resource intensive, right? So you're going to save on potentially hosting costs. Like that might be a good investigation to do within your uh, organization. Um, you know, if you have a background job that's taking hours to run, but you rewrite it and it runs a .NET Core within minutes, now you have operational efficiency that is interesting to business folks, right? Yeah. So. Again, there's like a technical side to it, but getting everyone in the company on board to talk about this as like, this moves us all forward, not just the tech department, not just yeah. the dev department, yeah. I think is a is a important first step in any. Approach, sure. Right? And I think we hit on a few other things like look at where your application's at. Like Martin hit on the thing. If you're running your application on a older server, with an old version of Windows Server, like mm -hmm. get it on a new server and get a newer version of Windows Server. They're going to be quicker. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're using SQL Server, what, 2008? Move it up to SQL Server 2019 or 22. Mm -hmm. And... And that will give you performance gains. Um, like there's there's things that you can do to, to make, like if you're on a really slow network at work, like talk to your IT department and see about upgrading the Wi-Fi or upgrading upgrading the 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 cat cable or upgrading your your Ethernet infrastructure to give you a little more, give you a bigger pipe. 
So there's there's lots of ways that that you can improve the performance of your application and not even touch the code. Mm -hmm. So you have to, I mean, I think you hit it on the head, Khalid. You, you have to bring everyone together and talk about the benefits. <coughs> Sorry. And the drawbacks and talk about ideas and get everyone's input because someone may have an idea that takes a week and costs next to nothing or is just some, some kind of upgrade that will drastically improve your experience. Yeah. I, I will also add, like, uh, it's important to evaluate your reality inside of your organization and your dev team as well, right? So, like, we all work under constraints, restrictions. So, like, there's always, like, an ideal utopian scenario we could be working under, but you have to kind of accept the reality and work within your constraints. So make sure that any kind of work that you've planned towards an upgrade, whether it's from .NET Framework version 2 to 4.8 or .NET Framework to .NET Core, that you're doing it with a realistic understanding of your constraints, right? Maybe you have constraints around knowledge, like uh, obviously, like I haven't looked at a global ASAX in forever. And every time I see it, it freaks me out, <laughs> honestly. Uh, or like the old CSProj um, format, but if you live in .NET Framework, that's going to be familiar to you. But if you move to .NET Core, uh, that whole world's completely changed, right? Yeah, so you kind of have to understand your knowledge and stuff yeah. like that. So, but that that also kind of uh, adds a flip side to things, where mm -hmm. if you as a as a business want to still be around in uh, say 15 years from now, the yep. longer you keep that application uh, around the harder it's going to be for a lot of people to understand the yeah. older or previous mm -hmm. version of that mm -hmm. csproj file for example yeah yeah I, I think that's a good point like that's you know i used to be a manager as well and the difficulty is making sure that you're shifting with the market so that when you need to hire new talent um we're old. We're old. Uh, sorry, folks. Uh, I know if you're just listening to this, we sound like 20 year old, uh, you know, bodybuilders, but no. Uh, but um, yeah, you have to keep shifting with the market to find continual new ideas and new talent that could come in and keep supporting your business. So again, that's a good, that's a good reason to tell well, people like, Hey, yeah, and, and before we start wrapping up, you, as a, I've been a, a leader, a manager, and you want to also keep your existing developers and technical people excited about what they do. And if they're just working on the same old .NET Framework 2.0 application year after year, some of those people are you're going to lose them because they're not. So the, it's a very complex ball of string that that you have to that you have to manage and it's not all technical mm -hmm. there's lots of stuff beyond technology that you have to keep track of it's it's i always say if it if it wasn't if i didn't have to deal with the people side of of my career i would love my career 100 <laughs> so um but 
So in the end, it's a complex story that that you need to really sit down and plan and plan out and get everyone's input beyond just the the tech team tech team or tech teams that are going to potentially do the work. You have to talk to the people that pay for the work, that use the application, that support the application. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big story. I mean, it sounds simple, but it it's it can really cause a lot of a lot of disruption and a lot of pain. Yeah. Any final well, I guess to wrap up one more, yeah. 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 Go ahead. Well, I was going to I was going to ask like one last final to kind of wrap it up. Like, uh, would you folks like to upgrade from .NET framework? Like if someone came to you and said, Hey, I have this bag of money. It's a big bag, very big. It could buy Martin a Lamborghini almost. Right. Uh, I have this big bag of money. Do you want to spend the next two to three years of your life? upgrading from .NET Framework to .NET Core, would you want to do it? I would probably say yes to the question, um, just for the fact that you know that uh, in the end, you might end up with a, with a nicer application. And uh, depending on what you encounter in the application, because you haven't put any constraints around what is in there, what has to be upgraded, et cetera. But I think it's a, it's a nice challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say yes, but let's talk about it. Because <laughs> if you sat down and said like that same amount of money you can get a, a new application with improved functionality and improved user experience and improved performance, why not go there? So so it's a again, it depends. But if someone just came in and said and I've had this experience where, where uh, people have come in and said, we need this upgraded to, to this. And you go, okay, it's going to cost this much. And then like after three months, they just go, okay, you're spending too much money. We're done. And it's like, ugh. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, again, sorry to be negative Nelly. I just, just it's that type of week it's that type of week but no. um but no, any so, final yeah. what final I thoughts gonna, i was gonna say like so if anyone out there has a big bag of money they would like to give chris martin or i please just just sure i'll to us. I'll, yeah. I'll take a big bag of money <laughs> uh so but uh but yeah any final thoughts level. martin what's your final thought on today's episode uh, I, I, I love being in the new .NET and um, I would not like to be in the old .NET for project files reasons and, and, and many more. But I do think that um, it's perfectly fine to remain on the old .NET and I do that in between air quotes because there's nothing wrong with that. It is still supported um, and it's going to be supported for a long, long time. Yeah, D uh, ditto everything Martin just said. So I agree. Um, yep. 100%. Yep. And just just remember it's not just technology. It's it's the greater core of of everything around your application, what your application brings to a organization 
or a user base or a community. So mm -hmm. awesome. Well, we have reached the end. So, uh, Khalid and Martin, I appreciate you uh, both being on the show this week. Not that it's our show, being on our show this week. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll wrap up and say goodbye. And if anyone has ideas for shows, for new topics that we can talk about or you want to learn more about, Please find us on, on social media. You can go out to our website, uh, breakpoint.show, um, and send us messages. Uh, or if you're on YouTube, put them down in the comments down below. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, it'd be nice to get to 10,000 users. We're not even close to that, but let's, let's go for a goal of 2024. 10,000 followers on, on YouTube, follow us and give us a, a like. It's the only way that the algorithm will find us if you give us a like. So thank you boys. And we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Bye everybody. Bye.